So I'm also going to be recording the podcast episode tonight. If you don't know, I do have a podcast as well. Uh, I'm not going to link the two channels just because they're kind of different in a lot of respects. But um, anyway, here we go. <clears throat> Let's get started. First off, I'm going to start with the one of four emails I got this week. And this email is very interesting. So it starts out like this. It goes... Uh, Hi, welcome, or I'm sorry, that's what I say. Hi, I believe that I am very welcomed uh, to ask you whether or not a citizen of Iraq can finance an RV in the United States. I have a <clears throat> I-10 number, which is a, uh, I'll explain what that is, if you don't know what that is, and I do work as an intern but I'm looking to do some traveling and I'd like to do it in a what you call a class B motorhome. Well, first of all, welcome to the country. Um, so a TIN number is a another version of a social security number. So a social security number belongs to American citizens for the most part and sometimes residents. An I-10 number is generally something you're given when you have a temporary visa. Maybe you're here on a work visa, something of that nature. <clears throat> so there's only two banks in the industry that do a I-10 number. One of them is a bank called Marine One Acceptance. And they, they're pretty good. As long as you make a paycheck stub, um, as long as you have some form of credit where you financed a car before uh they'll definitely do that there are a few other uh i'll call them weird lenders that will uh finance an opportunity as well what you really want to do if you have a tin number um is you really want to see if you can get a personal loan through a bank that you bank with or maybe a credit union somebody you have a checking account with start with a personal loan and uh, go from there okay so that was a great question i don't get questions like that very often <clears throat> all right the next email uh is uh wow that's a lot of personal information i'm not gonna give out all the personal i'm gonna go over the details of the question uh, let me see if i can skip out all the personal th stuff and the names and basically the question is we're trying to buy a Brinkley uh, fifth wheel toy hauler that just came out. It's an amazing layout, uh, very expensive, but they will not let me try to fit my side-by-side -side inside the toy hauler before I actually commit to ordering it. They are not going to let me take the one off the lot unless I pay MSRP. They're only taking orders at this time, but they will not let me try to fit my Can-Am X3 inside. I'm worried that it will not fit because of the half bath. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> well, I can guarantee you, I can't name the person because that's unfair, but every single Brinkley fifth wheel toy hauler that has a 14 foot garage does not fit the four seat can mx3 with long travel 
and it for sure does not fit the new Razer 1000 four-seater Pro-R. Now a two-seater will fit in that Brinkley. I know which one you're talking about. It's got the little, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, it's got the little uh, U-shape uh, uh, living room, like a U-shaped couch living room with a big screen TV, tiny little kitchen, uh, pretty nice looking shower though. Um, in fact, Miles RV uh, did a, uh, a short form video on it that I saw. And from what I'm being told is really you only have 12 feet of cargo, real cargo. So even though the, the fifth wheel that Brinkley made is 45 and a half feet long in total length, it will not fit the new four-seat Razor Pro-R, and it will not fit the four-seat Can-Am X3. And the reason why I know this is because I do have a friend of mine that works at a Brinkley dealership, and they actually tried to put a Can-Am X3 inside all three Brinkley fifth-wheel toy hauler floor plans, and it doesn't fit. You have to really modify and do things to your Can-Am to get it in there. And the Razor Pro-R has no shot. Okay. Now, depending on where you live, because you didn't put where you live in uh, the email. Depending on where you live, West Coast brand fifth-wheel toy haulers are going to be uh, more of a fit for anybody that has a big side-by-side. -side. So your Forest River Stealth. Your Forest River Sandstorm, Shockwave, anything by Genesis Supreme RV, uh, any Attitude toy haulers that are left in the market. Um, you're talking about one or two XLR floor plans. You're talking about two Fusion floor plans. So you really have to be careful with Indiana-built toy haulers because this is no offense to the Indiana brands, but Indiana brands that are built in Indiana are way behind the times when it comes to the sand car movement. Now, when it comes to motorcycles, it comes to uh, Polaris Rangers, it comes to simpler, smaller side-by-sides, yes, they're right on top of it. But when it comes to the big West Coast, uh, Central uh, United States movement of these Can-Am X3s, these Razor 1000s, the new Talons, uh, they are way, way behind the time. So just keep that in mind. So your Brinkley RV stuff is really nice looking, good stuff, but it will not fit any of the new four-seat side-by-sides. They've already tried. It doesn't work. And that's because, again, Indiana-built stuff, Indiana-built mine, no matter where it is, the, the guys that run Brinkley up here are still Indiana boys. And Indiana boys just can't wrap their head around the West Coast culture. They can't, okay? They can't wrap their head around the Can-Am X3 and the Razor 1000. They don't understand it. They think that it's stupid. And trust me, I know because I've talked to those guys. They think it's idiotic, okay? All right, moving on. Next question. In the last five years, I have had to have two cars repossessed, one in 2019 and one in 2018. You said in a video that I have to reestablish my credit before I will be able to qualify for an RV loan. 
The problem I'm having is every car I try to buy since 2021 is far and out of range of my payment. An RV payment, a travel trailer payment, is a third of what most of the car payments are, even on a simple vehicle. What would you recommend to me? Because I do want to get something in the next three years. And I know from your financing videos that you say I need to reestablish at least two to three years of a car payment before I'll qualify. Please help me out. Well, the best thing I can tell you is I tell this to a lot of folks. Um, go get yourself a used car, something 12 to 15 grand something you can finance and make the payments easily on because right now if you go try to buy a new car or a new ish car even with everything going on where the car market's crashing the interest rates and the terms of a car loan put with the high prices put everything completely out of reach so when you do a or a travel trailer or toy haul or a motorhome loan even with bad credit even with repossessions, we still have banks that will do a 12-year loan. While most of your cars are going to be five, four to five-year terms. And then you're talking about a difference in interest rate. You're talking about 25, 26% with really bad credit on a car. You're talking about 18, 19% in an RV. Now, how that makes sense, I don't know. I don't even try to make sense of it. But here's what I would tell you. Most of the time, me personally, I can get a subprime bank to give you, if you take a $15,000 car loan right now and you make every single payment on time for the next two years and you keep your steady job and you keep everything going and it fits within your payment budget, we could probably get you a twenty dollars or $25,000 RV loan. Okay? So don't give up on it, but don't try, the problem is a lot of people are trying to reach for a new vehicle. Screw the new vehicle right now buy a used car to reestablish your credit if you have repossessions or bankruptcies. Don't sit and, and, and try to go buy a new car that's outrageously priced. Okay, because, and you have to think, even with all the discounts and rebates and stuff that car the car industry is offering right now, your, your payments are still astronomical. Okay. All right, the last question, then we're going to get into comments. Uh, I heard your podcast the other day where you were pissed off at Grand Design. You didn't give a lot of specifics. You gave some vague things that we should look for. <clears throat> I own a 2018 Momentum, and I'm noticing I'm starting to have plumbing and uh, toilet tank problems. You mentioned this is partially what happens, but could you be more specific and detailed at what I'm looking at and why this is happening? Okay, so Grand Design was bought by Winnebago. Winnebago is a notoriously bad travel trailer builder. They're an amazing motorhome. Winnebago is an amazing, amazing motorhome. They are a terrible travel trailer builder, okay? And now you gave a company like Grand Design to Winnebago 
now all the corners are getting cut even worse than they already were okay so to be specific what has happened is or what we are finding is happening and we have to make these uh, adjustments when we take out the black tank is they instead of here's an example so when your toilet tank it usually comes down straight down and then sometimes comes at a little bit of an angle okay so it like it so basically when you flush the toilet it'll go straight down into a black pipe and then most of the time most manufacturers have some kind of angled pipe that goes into the black tank what grand design fifth wheels now i don't know if they changed it this year but i know for the most part the last the 2018 19s and 20s and a 21s that we've had a replace black tanks it's a straight down pipe into the black tank there's no angle so they cut out like probably two feet of pipe that like forest river jaco um newmar tiffin all basically put in their black tank so that way your toilet paper and all your other crud in the black tank doesn't just sit in one spot and just keep stacking up the black tank flush only does so much and if you're not diligent to remember to put uh that that cleaner stuff into your black tank that stuff that eats away at the toilet paper and all the other junk if you get my drift then what happens is it starts caking where it starts blocking the exit point of the black tank and this is something really that again grand design originally was doing all this because they were cutting cost so they could put more beautiful cabinets in what the problem is is it was pitched really poorly by salespeople and by the factory salespeople not the owners of grand design but the factory salespeople they were so bad at giving you information that you thought you were buying the best thing ever built now what we're doing is we're now on tank number 22 so in the last seven months i replaced 22 black tanks on grand design fifth wheels and this is only a problem in their fifth wheels their travel trailers like the imagine and transcend don't have this problem they're actually a really well built really designed well designed travel trailer but your solitude your momentum and reflection have these plumbing and electrical problems because they cut a bunch of corners and it's not explained to you that they cut a bunch of corners they cut more corners than normal manufacturers do than the the manufacturers like forest river and keystone and jaco i'm not saying everybody doesn't cut corners everybody has their cutting of corners but i'm talking about just they, they didn't it's like a pig okay and this is what i've been trying to tell people about grand design it's a pig every one of them is a big pig what happened was is grand design just decided to cut feeding it really good food and healthy food decided to just put slop in there but then after it slopped the pig then it just put a bunch of lipstick and makeup on it to make it look like it was pretty okay and my problem and i know i went into a really deep in the podcast but my other issue with it is that when they did this the rest of the industry started following suit and started doing stupid shit that so they could put prettier cabinets and prettier furniture in them i miss the days of the ugly duckling rvs 
Bounder, Heartland Bighorn, uh, Jayco Eagle. The old Jayco Eagles from like 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13 were ugly as hell, but they were built like tanks. The big the Bighorn and Landmark by Heartland were built like freaking superstructures. They were but ugly, but they were built really well. And now because of Grand Design and all these issues that have come up, now it's turned the industry into ain't it pretty, don't you want to buy it, instead of let me tell you what we do right. Okay, So that's the reason why I have an issue with Grand Design, and hopefully that answers your question about the black tank and the plumbing and all that. Okay. All right, now we're going to go into my favorite thing I'm starting to do is read all the comments. I get, I get some rude, nasty comments. It's actually a little fun. Hold on, I'm going to go to it right now. It is so much fun to read some of these because if, if you're watching and you left one of these rude comments or you watch it later and you left one of these rude comments, woo-wee, ay ay ay. good luck. Okay, so this is this is an interesting comment. Now this isn't a bad one. This is actually a good comment. Uh, this is a very and and I didn't understand it until I replied to it. What the person was referring to with me. Um. So this was on the video where I was saying that uh, revealing truths. RV factories will not be happy with me. Okay. And it starts out, uh, a name Rosa, actually, she's been a fan, a, a subscriber of mine for a long time. I know that she's been here at least a year, and she's seen the evolution of the channel. And she, this is her first comment she's ever made. By kind, she, I've got, I think I, I may be wrong, but I think I got an email from her probably about six months ago. But somebody replied to it, okay? So the reply was, um, uh... This is beyond COVID RV. You should also research the manufacturer. Many brands have been bought out by a few big companies. It's those big companies are cutting corners on all brands they own. Amazing Liz YouTube channel. She has interviewed many horrible RV ownership experiences. And also check if frame chassis is made by Lippard. Many are experiencing Lippard frame flex or failure, which is a disaster. Okay, let me comment on that. I already answered the comment on that, writing it out, but let me go one step further, okay? First of all, everybody assumes that I talk shit about Liz Amazing or Amazing Liz or whatever you want to call her. I don't talk crap. What I really am trying to convey to people is she is a lot like Sean Hannity and Anderson Cooper and a bunch of people in the news media she there's two sides of the rv youtube world there's miles and josh the rv nerd along with matt's rv and tobel reviews which everything's sunshine and freaking rainbows okay and then there's liz amazing and uh rv wingman and a bunch of other people that are older and everything's bad everything's horrible rving is stupid rving's horrible so there's two sides to this this thing and then i'm stuck in the middle because i'll tell you all the positives and negatives so liz amazing or amazing liz or whatever she calls herself gets paid monster amount of money to basically everything she says is negative 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 it's all negative there's 
I have yet to see in two years of watching all of her videos, her interview one of the huge super majority of RV owners that are happy with the rig. She only interviews people that are having a really bad experience. And then what I come to find out talking to my manufacturer friends and talking to um, uh, friends of mine uh, in the dealership side, probably half of the cases that this lady's talking about, it's not the full story. So she does not give you the full story or the full example of what's going on. I don't knock her for it. I'm a capitalist. I am a straight out capitalist. If Liz Amazing is making money hand over fist, only exposing the dark side of the RV business, I'm with her. Hey, I'll give you a high five. If I saw her in person, I give her a high five and go get that bag, girl. Go get, go make that money. Okay? But there's another side of it, which is the, the, the full disclosure of what the RV business is. The suit, so just imagine this, folks. She has over 385 videos in the last three years. And this is why this is not a negative. This is not a knock. This is just all 385 videos are nothing but negative information. That's all it is. It's all negative, 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 negative. Okay? In the last three years, there was over 1.6 million RVs built. So 385 cases of extreme problems versus 1.6 million that were built. So just take with what you... I'm not saying stop watching her. Watch her. We need people like her. We need the people like Liz Amazing to also be a dick about things. We don't. We also need the sunshine and rainbows like Josh the RV Nerd and Miles and Matt. And we need the guy like me in the middle. Because everybody needs to have a little bit of everything. So we're all a necessary evil, right? In a lot of respects. So, first off, Lippard builds over 5 million frames per year. It doesn't matter. You can build 5 million of anything. There's 20 million cars built a year. And how many of them have recalls? How many of them have problems? A lot. When you are mass manufacturing something, there are going to be bad batches of stuff. I've had Lemon Law cars. How many of you, if you guys have and you're seeing this after uh, the live stream, uh, let me know in the comments section. How many of you had a, have had a Lemon Law on a car? Right? So I responded. And I responded, Liz Amazing only focuses on the bad side of the RV business. Nothing wrong with that. I do agree that quality has gone down. However, major problems that Liz exposes is a small percentage of those that are actually sold. I have nothing against Liz. She does not interview the vast majority of people that are happy with their rigs. I have, ton I have done tons of research over the last 15 years, and I've sold over 4,000 RVs in the last 10 years. So I know both the dark side and the light side of the business. Right? So just to give you guys an idea, I, I don't bag on anybody, okay? They responded, I get it. My husband and I have been very blessed, especially when I see what inflation's done to people's lives. For us, it's now more important to get rid of debt and take care of things that's 100% bought for uh, before this crazy inflation uh, world took over, took off. Now, I agree and disagree with you, 
Okay, I, I agree and disagree with everybody paying off debt before inflation. Um, let me tell you, I talked to a really good friend of mine who uh, paid off his house. Okay, he wrote a check for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Instead of keeping in the bank, he paid off his house so he didn't have a mortgage. Because he kind of saw where we are going today, which is, you know, in the RV world, in the world I work in, it's really slowed down. Jobs are become, being cut. It's basically going back to 2017 and 18. That's really what it's going back to. Where dealerships have a small staff. It isn't a big staff. There isn't big, huge monster money being floated out there like there was during COVID. But he actually regrets paying off his house because he can't now he needs cash okay so paying off his house now things have gone wrong roof you know houses just like rvs just like boats just like cars need maintenance right and he's been out of work for about the last five or six months he's had a tough time finding a job outside of you know flipping burgers he actually that's all he really does is part-time flip burgers uh, in and out right now at 52 years old nothing wrong with that you do what you got to do to survive but he wishes he had that 250 grand back and kept the mortgage because at the time the mortgage was only three percent so i agree and disagree with the comment i like the idea of being debt free in my mind because when i was told old school i was taught by my grandfather i was taught by my uncles do not have debt debt is bad and now i'm poor in the poor house because i think debt's bad well, now my life turned around when I figured out how to use debt because I found out cash is trash. Cash is absolute garbage. It's worth nothing. Assets are worth things. In the end, if everything implodes, cash is going to mean nothing. The only thing that's going to matter is what you got in your pocket as far as, you know, do and your skills. Okay? That's if the world ended in that respect. Okay? uh let's go let's go let's go let's go this was a great one this is uh this was a great conversation piece i wish i had that over this over direct message but i'm glad everybody got to see it same video uh what do you think the market will be like at the end of the year I have no trade-in. So I said, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to read the reply, and then I'm going to go a little bit deeper into my answer, okay? So my answer to her was, um, I think dealers will raise prices to be profitable once it hits March or April of this year, 2024. I think the days of dealerships taking losses on selling inventory, especially 2023 year model stuff, has a tight window of January and February. Okay, so let me go. Let me let me explain that for a second. Um, first off, uh, I, I'm gonna give you um, I'm gonna give you a comment that my boss made to the entire group, uh, all seven dealerships. Okay. By the way, if if he's watching this, you're awesome, brother. And I miss playing golf with you lately. Um, but he said to me something very interesting and said it to all of us that he's only going to take the losses for so long there's going to be a point in time where 
every single dealership. It doesn't matter if Camping World, it doesn't matter if it's Bishes, Lazy Days, General RV, uh, Ron Hoover in Texas, Bobby Combs in Idaho, Oregon, and Arizona. It doesn't matter if it's Curtis Trailer in Oregon or, or Apache Camping in Washington State. It doesn't matter who it is. There is going to come a point in time where the dealerships are going to have to start making profit on deals again. And I believe that these are going to be, this is show season right now, January and February. So January, February is going to set the bar for how long they're going to take the losses. Okay. So I'll give you an example. The Tampa Bay show right now, as we speak, the Tampa Bay, Florida show is garbage. Three days and the sales, the, the actual deals going down are significantly down compared to the last year when it was garbage too. And I, I, I think there's several reasons for that. I'll go into that a little bit later here in this stream. But the reality is, is those dealerships are looking at that and going, you know what? It doesn't matter if we're losing money, people are not buying. So they're going to turn around if show season doesn't change. And there's several more shows. That's why I said February, because there's several more shows. You still have Portland, Oregon. You still have uh, San Antonio, Texas. We still have um, Miami-Dade, Florida, etc. We still have Athens, Georgia. We still have a lot of shows going on that are, that are going to be out there right now, especially on the East Coast and the West Coast. But if the show season doesn't turn around, like I don't think it'll turn around. I think by the time March 1st rolls around, dealerships are gonna go, if we're only gonna sell, let's say my store, if I'm only gonna sell 120 units for the year, then forget it. I'm not gonna take any more losses. I'm gonna raise my prices back to profitability, sell my 120 units and call it a day. Okay, I'm gonna make money. But if somebody comes up and tells me, you know what, we're going to be able to get you two to 300 units sold this year, then that's going to expand probably how long I'm going to take losses for. So pretty much what's going to happen at that point is, at that point, if you, let's say I did 25 deals this month in January, okay, which I'm not going to, I'm probably going to do 15 if I'm lucky, but let's say I'm going to do 25 deals this month. Okay, and then I do 25 deals in February. That's more than I projected. Then I probably will carry over into March and say, okay, I'm going to stick with a few losses on some of these to move some aged inventory. But if that doesn't happen, then I'm going to raise my prices back up to profitability so I can pay the bills, so I can pay the rent, so I can pay the electricity. Just the same reason why you go to work every day, whether you own your own company or whether you are a paycheck employee. The reason why you go to work is to make money. The reason why a dealership is in business is to make money. And for the last 19 months, dealerships have not been making money. So at some point, it's going to change. And I believe that that change is going to happen March 1st. If we're lucky and show season really does well, then it might expand into April 1st. Okay. Now, don't be fooled by this 2024 stuff. There's one company out there that's supposedly selling stuff at invoice that are 2024s. That's invoice plus freight, plus PDI, plus their markup, plus pet prep, plus title. You're still paying six, seven, eight thousand dollars over invoice 
for let's say a hundred thousand dollar fifth wheel so you have to understand there's a profit margin that needs to be made on 2024 inventory in order to counteract the losses we're taking on 23s and that profit margin is around eight percent now most people go there's no way you're only making eight percent yeah there's not that much of a markup most of the markup in an rv is all fake it's all freaking fairy dust just like the markup at the grocery store when they say it's 50% off uh, sticker or it's 75% off sticker. It's all a marketing ploy. Realistically, a dealership has to make 8% front and back. That means that the, between the price of the vehicle, if you have a trade, and the financing part of it, they have to make 8%. That's why I keep telling people over and over again, if you pay cash, you lose out on your ability to negotiate a price because... You, you lost the two other areas for them to make the 8%. Now they only have one spot. Which reminds me, I had another comment. Here's the comment. This, this made me laugh. I would never buy from anybody like you. You are a big pile of crap. You know that, right? If you're going to turn away cash buyers and not give me a better price than someone financing, then you don't deserve my business. I'll take it somewhere else, and I'll find someone that'll do it. Okay. All I have to say, all I respond was, okay, cool, good for you. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I was telling my finance guy this. My finance guy and I had a good conversation today. We were busier than a hornet's nest, okay? And I said, you know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I really am not. Okay, I'm very, I'm a direct personality. I have, uh, if you haven't noticed throughout my videos, I have, I'm narcissistic. So I'm narcissistic and I have a direct personality. Those are combinations that only work with about 85% of the population of the RV buyer. 15% of people want to be wowed and magicked and have their you-know-what licked or their you-know-what what, if you get my drift, okay? So, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to try sprinkle a bunch of pixie dust on a deal. I'm going to be direct, tell you what we can do, how we can do it, and how we're going to get there. That's how I've always operated, okay? And that's why I'm very transparent on the channel. And I apologize. If my transparency offends anyone, I really apologize. I, I mean that sincerely. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And I get it. I 200% understand why nobody buy it. Why there's going to be a certain portion of the population of our industry and of our lifestyle that ain't going to tolerate my direct personality. But then again, do I really want them buying from me when they call me names on YouTube? Probably not. Okay. Next. This was a great one. This is probably, probably one of my favorite comments this week. This was great. I love this. It says, you have to read and educate yourself before buying anything. Very simple, direct comment, and I love it. Um, and I have a reply. And that reply is, I replied to him and said, I agree with your statement 100%. The problem is there's a lot of bad information on the internet about RVs in general. 
more people speak on emotion than fact, unfortunately. And who I'm referring to is, I'm referring to people like Eliza Amazing and like uh, uh, Wingman Wisdom and uh, a few others, okay? I'm not bashing them. Once again, please do not take what I'm saying as bashing them. It's not nearly what I'm doing, okay? What I'm trying to do is make people understand that they th there there's... I'll give you a great example because I understand the emotion of it, okay? The emotion of it is... You worked so damn hard, you go down, I'll give you, here, let's let's take you through a step-by-step -step example, okay? I had a guy who actually bought a travel trailer here at the dealership in Nevada, picks it up, takes his first trip out to Death Valley. By the way, everything was working here. We do two, three-hour walkthroughs with people. I have great technicians that do a great job, okay? And everything was working, and he was good. So he goes on to some bumpy road, went through a pothole and divot. This is him telling me this. And he goes to turn on the furnace and it's 17 degrees at night and the furnace won't blow cold. And it's one o'clock in the morning. You don't think you're going to be a little emotional, a little angry about that? I mean, I always say sense of humor and toolkit, right? But when you're freezing your batootie off you're freezing your butt off while you're trying to enjoy a vacation not fun thank goodness he was able to bring it back we were open he got here at six in the morning the next morning we fixed the problem when he went over where that pothole was it jarred loose uh the little control board that controls the furnace we put it back into place re-secured it a whole lot better for him Went out, he enjoyed the rest of his week. But can you imagine what that initial reaction was? Trust me, I got the phone call on my cell phone at 1 o'clock in the morning. If you don't think I don't answer my phone at 1 o'clock in the morning, ask my wife, okay? She'll tell you, for years, the phone will ring at 1, 1.30 in the morning. It's a pissed off customer because something went wrong on the first trip. I get it. But see, peep, there are people on YouTube... And I'm not going to name specific names on it. But there are particular people on YouTube that take advantage of people in the moment when they're having a problem. And it turns into bad information. And then on the other side of things, there are uh, YouTubers that have gone corporate. So corporate that now everything is the most amazing thing they've ever done and they've never done this before even though they've been doing it for the last 10 years. Again, won't name names. So the reality and the hard part about your comment of you have to read and educate yourself before buying anything is there's just too much bad information on both sides of it. The dark side and the light side of the RV force. Okay, I, I like Star Wars so I'm going to use that also like Zelda. So there's Ganon and then there's Link to the RV world, right? And the problem is, is both sides think they're right and both sides think the other one is wrong. And then I get stuck in the middle of things because I'm on both sides. I mean, I know the dark side of it. I know the light side of it. So what I would say, instead of saying you have to read, I would say you need to dive deep into someone you trust. 
It could be on YouTube. It could be a salesperson. It could be a friend of yours. It could be a neighbor. I would gather, before you buy an RV, I would gather as much information as possible from multiple sources because there's a lot of emotion that goes into the RV purchase and then when there is a problem that goes wrong because it's not if the pro something's going to go wrong with an RV it's when something's going to go wrong in an RV and it's how you deal with it that's why I always prep people when they come in and they visit me I always prep people and say look your first trip's going to suck because you're going to find things that are going to go wrong you're going to find you know something that needs to be adjusted you're going to find things because it's finally being taken out and actually going on an adventure, not straight on a freeway. And they look at me kind of weird, everybody. It doesn't matter if you're buying a Brinkley, it doesn't matter if you're buying a Grand Design, it doesn't matter if you're buying a half a million dollar motorhome or a $10,000 trailer, something will go wrong. It's how you deal with it that's either going to make your trip great or ruin your trip. So I always tell people that because if you're not prepared for that, it, it can be interesting. Okay. Okay, so this is something very different, and I want to I want to read this comment because this comment to me gives me hope that dealerships are actually doing the right thing. So I released a video. I think it was earlier this week. I think my mind is like totally space cadetish about time frame. Um, where I talked about the brutal truth about fifth wheels and half ton trucks. And, um, you know, this comment made me feel like, wow, I'm not the only one that feels this way. It says, 100% agree with you on this. The first thing our dealer did when we picked up, picked out a camper, and they're talking about a fifth wheel, okay, was pulling our VIN number on our truck to see the payload and towing capacity. We were good, so they sold us the camper, told us when they won't. Told us they won't sell unless your vehicle could safely tow the camper we wanted. We had an older truck, an F-150 at the time of purchase. We eventually upgraded our truck anyways to F-250. Now we have more payload than we need. Okay. Now, the reason why I have hope is because I would have never sold them the fifth wheel. Let's start with that. I won't sell a fifth wheel to any half-ton truck. I don't care if you put 20 grand into it to upgrade things. I will never, ever sell a fifth wheel to a person with a half-ton truck, ever. I did it one time. Lady, the, the customer ended up in a wheelchair, totaled those fifth wheel, totaled the truck. She was in the, uh, the wheelchair for six months. Lesson learned. I was young. I didn't know any better. But now that I think back to it, it should have been common sense. But the reason why I'm, I, I have hope is because they didn't just look up the tow capacity. They looked at the payload. When you're towing a travel trailer, payload doesn't matter. It's a completely separate equation. If you talk to an actual person that engineers these trucks, tow capacity is a completely different measurement than payload. Okay, so a travel trailer is it has pressure in a different area of the truck or the tow vehicle, so your payload doesn't matter. 
But when you start sliding agriculture trucks or gooseneck stuff, including a fifth wheel, into the bed of a truck, now you're putting pressure. It's like, here's an example. It's like loading the bed of your truck with a bunch of bricks or maybe a bunch of furniture. That's what you're really doing. Now not only are you having to deal with tow capacity, but now you have to deal with what your truck can actually carry in the bed of the truck, how much pressure it's actually rated for. So that made me feel better. I would have never sold it to him, but that makes me feel really good. So thank you for leaving that comment. I love these stories. By the way, if you've watched it all the way to this point, 45 minutes, uh, and, and you're a uh, you're, you're either watching this after we stream it or you're watching now thank you guys for all the comments and all the stories you don't understand how motivated I am and I want to take a moment to thank all of you I want to thank everybody that has supported this channel I want to thank everybody that has helped me grow this channel as big as it's gotten and it's getting bigger and our community is getting bigger and it's and and there are guys that have gone corporate unfortunately four guys i can think of off the top of my head that were mentors of mine for you doing this youtube and inspiration behind me doing this youtube channel um they've gone corporate unfortunately and i want to make everybody a promise i will never go corporate if camping world tomorrow or lazy days tomorrow offered me uh, the deal of a lifetime to go work for them and have my YouTube channel for them. I would tell them I would do it as long as I can keep being me. I'm not going to tell everybody sunshine and freaking rainbows. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be the guy right in the middle. The guy in the middle of the bad and the good. Because I think everybody needs to know both. I think this horse manure of corporate, big corporations forcing some of these YouTubers to say crap they really don't mean is is just terrible so thank you all for the growth uh the last three months we have taken off through the stratosphere uh, i've had more people watch the videos and streams during the stream and after the stream than i did the first two years i've been doing this thank you so much for your support thank you for the comments the emails the questions the direct messages on instagram and facebook and TikTok. thank you you guys i can't thank you enough for all the support and i and 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 you guys have motivated me and i'm going to make this promise to you you have motivated me to even go deeper into transparency deeper into things to give you the proper education so when you go buy your RV for the first time or you're buying it for the second, third, fourth, tenth time, you feel like you are informed and empowered to make a good decision for you and your family. All right. Let's go to the next one. <clears throat> uh, oh, I'm going to read. Hey, here's another. Hey, this is this is great. This is on the same fifth wheel. Uh, comment this is the same person that i read a comment about earlier a little bit ago she she has some great stuff to say i love this it says you are right it's definitely a marketing ploy talking about half ton towable fifth wheel i would never pull fifth wheel with any half ton ever we went from a f-250 to a dually 3500 long bed to pull our gvwr 14,000 pound 
uh, toy hauler. I assume that's a fifth wheel toy hauler because tow behinds are not that, don't have that big of a gross vehicle. Why? It's all about the braking and surprise emergency situations. I mean, she wrote this huge paragraph and I love it. It's great. I, I love it. Great video. I personally would never tow a bumper pull 8,000 pound trailer behind a half ton truck, let alone a fifth wheel weighing in at 10K. Common sense ain't so common, I guess. Hey, you know, I hate to say this, but there's a lot of ego out there. When it comes to half-ton towable fifth wheels, when it comes to a lot of things like that, some people just love to hear the marketing situation. You know, Josh the RV nerd and Miles will both agree with me that there is no such thing as a half-ton towable fifth wheel. I guarantee you, if you showed Josh my video on that, Josh would go, that's 100% correct. And I'm pretty sure he's covered that before as well. Uh, Miles just recently covered it. He stole my thunder, damn it, because <laughs> I had that video done and almost completely edited, and then Miles releases his version, and I'm like, dude, really? I mean, come on. Taking away my thunder, man. What the hell? Okay. Well, where is... Okay. There was one more I want to read before I go. Okay. Um, you are a complete idiot. You really need to eventually just get to the freaking point. And it was freaking. It wasn't anything else. Because if it was any other number, letter, any word about freaking, it would have been removed. Um, your information you are giving sucks. Everybody knows everything that you're telling them. Why are you even doing this video? So these are, and by the way, I'm going to keep that there. I'm going to keep that negative comment there because I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But the reality is, is even if you're educated already and you know absolutely everything and cannot be taught anything new, not everybody has that same education. That's a fact. Not everybody has the, the education because it's not something you do four and five and six times in your lifetime before you're 30. Okay. So most people between the ages of 18 to the time they're about 30 go through between three and six car transactions. If you're a person that likes to lease cars, by the time you're 30, you're an expert in leases. By the time you're 30, you're an expert in negotiating cars. Most people are not buying their first RV till after they're 30. And most people go into it thinking it's a car loan or, or, or assume it's like a car. So when you get the education, you have the ability to do research and research channels like mine channel like Josh the RV Nerd and Miles RV and Matt's RV and Towable Reviews and even Liz Amazing and, and Wingman Wisdom, okay? When you get all this information that's put out there for you that is by people actually working in the industry. Now, what I'm referring to is there are a lot of moron YouTubers out there that are have never sold anything in their life 
but they have a channel about the RV business. They never even turned a wrench in their life to even build one or work, at, work on one as a professional. And yet they're experts in the industry because they lived in a trailer or fifth wheel for two years. So when you have good information from people that actually work on the ground in the industry that are willing to be as transparent as a lot of us are, then it makes it easier for someone that has that 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 want for the knowledge so don't give people like me and these guys crap we are out here to help supply education in an industry that has very little actual real info there isn't a, a true rv.com yet 30 years now probably there's probably a million probably close to a million websites, vlogs, and databases on cars in general. There's maybe a fraction, a small fraction of that, that is real information about RVs. And one of the things I'm trying to refer to too is because people always are trying to ask me for blueprints. Yeah, they don't have blueprints. And by the way, every RV, you can have two, and I'll use Grand Design as an example because I'm going to use the Imagine as an example because I've had three Imagines that are the same floor plan on my lot. The 220, uh, the 220 RBS, which is a discontinued floor plan, but we had three of them on the lot at one point. One was a 21, one was a 22, and one was a 20. Identical colors, identical interior, identical appliances. Everything was really the same. But all three of them were wired differently. And I'm not shitting you. It is crazy. Like, you have three of the identical floor plan, three of the identical coach built at the same factory. They were built maybe a year apart of each other, a year and a half apart of each other. And they're all three wired differently. <laughs> and by the way, Grand Design Imagine isn't the only ones that do that. Okay, there are other manufacturers, every manufacturer does that. Jayco does it, Forest River does it, Coachman does it, Tiffin does it, Newmar does it. Not every single coach is wired and built identically to each other. And that's where some of the quality problems come into play. Those quality problems that Liz Amazing, or Amazing Liz, whatever you want to call her, that's why there's channels like hers because the quality and the build isn't the same going down the line because it's built by human beings. They're not built by machines. Nor are they ever going to be built by machines. Okay. Now, if you're watching this after uh, and we made it this far, thank you so much. Please don't forget to subscribe to the channel and like the live stream or in, the case, in this case, like the video. And uh, in the description box afterward, I'm going. If you want to support the sorry, support the channel financially, I'm going to put a link to the new Alloy Man uh, power scrubber that we personally use here on the lot to clean the fronts of motorhomes to get all the bugs off the windshield stuff. It was pretty impressive for being a Chinese-made product, um, for being a non-mainstream power tool. We actually were shocked at the quality of it. Um, I was very skeptical, but shoot, if you're going to ship me something for free, I'm in. <laughs> you may not like what I have to say about it, but I'm in. 
Uh, I'm going to put my Amazon affiliate link in the description box along with all my contact information as I normally do. Uh, and then also I'm going to put a playlist together uh, in the in another link to a playlist uh, full of a couple of videos uh, that I did over the last uh, couple of months uh, that go over a lot of what's going on in the industry if you have missed that. Uh, like next time, uh, Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time, we will be live for almost an hour. I'm going to cut this one a little short because I'm running out of battery. And I think I recorded this on the podcast, so that means i got to edit that sucker too. Until next time, happy campy. Remember, RV stands for toolkit and sense of humor.